podcast is a service of Bridgeway Community Church in Rockford, Michigan. Thanks for listening. Here's today's message. Well, welcome Bridgeway Church and online. It's good just to be together again today. Thanks for for joining us here. Um, If you were not with us last week, we just finished up the Own the Vision series. This is a series where we walked through the book of Nehemiah. We talked about the vision As a church moving forward, we talked about personally what vision in your life might look like. If you want to catch those again, you missed those. They're online and on the app. You can check those out at any time. But for today, we're going to jump into John 13. And I'm using the Bible that's in front of you, so that's page 874. Or you can open it up on your device as well. As you're going to get there, I'm going to ask you a question. What are your least favorite things to do? What are your least favorite things to do? I see some of you are real quick. Before I even finish saying that, you were already sharing the least favorite things with the person next to you. Well, that's good. Um, So I'm going to share with you one of my least favorite things to do. So I have a dog. Any other other families in here? Yep, okay. A couple of us have dogs in here. That's great. So I have a dog, and um, part of my, well, let me back it up. So when I wake up in the morning... I don't know if anybody else in here is a really light sleeper. I like I hear a cricket's legs move and I'm like, I'm awake. Anybody any other light sleepers in here? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You feel my pain. Anyway, so I wake up and I'm I'm the first one up and moving. As soon as somebody wiggles in their bed, I'm awake. And once I get the kids settled, then the first thing that I do after that is I head to the basement to go get the dog. Now on my way down to the basement, I can normally tell by about halfway down the stairs if it's going to be a good morning or a bad morning. And some of you already know what I'm talking about. So I get halfway down the stairs and I start smelling a little something. And my wife um, in, in the other room or upstairs is like, Michael, is something, is something wrong? Because I must be audibly just grumbling, dogs and accidents and I don't want to deal. She must be hearing that because... It's one of my least favorite things to do, is to deal. Now, I'm not Pastor Ron, so I can say something that's good about cats in this instance. I think there's one good thing about cats in that they are not dirty like dogs. Can I, can I get an amen, right? <laughs> Seriously. So that's it, though. That's the only thing they're better than. But, um, so if Ron says anything about that, you talk to him. I'm going to deny that I said there's anything good about cats, just so you know. Um, but my dog, this is not a little dog. She's a, oh man, she's got to be seven months, but she is the, the equivalent of a bear cub. So her name is Lana and she is a, a Newfoundland. This is her filling up the bathtub right after getting cleaned. My favorite part of the morning. <laughs> so this is my little, my little joy in the morning. Um, and, and honestly, it's sometimes like the things that I see, and I'm like, oh, man, that really needs to be taken care of, but I really hate doing that. I kind of cop an attitude with a little bit. I start acting like my two-year-old, and I want to take off running, right? Or I want to be like, hey, honey, it's, uh, it's your turn, <laughs> right? Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to kind of say that, but that's, that's the truth. A lot of times I want to say, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Can you do me a favor? Can you turn the person next to you and just say, no, not that. See, some of you didn't do it. No, not that. Um, so today we're going to be talking about a, a story in the Bible that you might uh, that is a little bit more well known. So let's jump back in here, John 13, or start off at the first verse. 
It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I love that line, which is why I underlined it there. Um, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. We're going to pause there. So I want to talk about the backstory here. So I think the backstory is sometimes important, and it kind of has me thinking. So this whole, so we're coming up to Good Friday, right, and Easter. This whole week happens around Passover time. Now, Passover is a time, I'm just going to go quickly and kind of give you what it was. Passover is the Jews, God's people, were in Egypt, and um, God ends up, he's bringing some, a whole bunch of plagues, consequences to the area, he ends up passing over the families that choose to listen to him and not bring his ultimate consequence to them. And shortly after, this ushers in them being able to leave Egypt. He saves them from captivity. They were slaves to Egypt. He saves them from that and takes them out. And I think that's curious because Good Friday comes this week, and then you get Easter, and God does the same thing, but on a bigger scale, and he offers it to everyone. I, just, I always think that's interesting as I read this story, so I, I couldn't help but say it. So um, <clears throat> let's take a quick look, though. So today is Palm Sunday, right? Palm Sunday is the day where we have Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and everybody's all excited about him. Yay, Jesus! And the, they have the triumphal entry and the palm branches and all that kind of stuff. Tomorrow is the day, is Monday, and it would be the day that Jesus clears the temple, Tuesday, he has a big fight with some religious leaders. Wednesday, we have nothing recorded, so I don't know what happened on Wednesday. Thursday is a big dinner and his last words with the disciples. Um, And then we go on to Good Friday and and Saturday and Sunday that we know about. So on Thursday, though, so he has this last word. And then in Luke 22, I'm not going to turn there. I'll just tell you what happens. Luke 22, 24, it says the disciples, basically, they start acting like four-year-olds is what happens. And they start um, comparing themselves and saying, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? Which is interesting because Luke 22 means there's 22 chapters before that. Jesus already had told them, the one who's greatest is the one who serves. He already told them that, and yet they still are coming in with this kind of an attitude. Let's keep on going. So verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power. This is another part that I think is interesting. So Jesus comes in, right? He comes into this room with all these guys, and he knows what's about to happen. He knows he's about to be betrayed. And then the rest of the guys that are in the room with him are all going to take off running. Some of them are going to deny him. So he's in a room full of people that are going to betray, deny, and run away from him. In a matter of a short window here, a few days. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a room with a bunch of my betrayers, I can think of a few things I'd want to do. I'm curious to see what God does in the face of that. So verse 4, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Interesting. So let's keep going. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel That was wrapped around him. In this culture, this is what a host would do. You come into their home, and um, they they know 
kind of everybody's walking around in sandals and they're walking in the area that they were. I mean, even if you're wearing sandals in a nice clean place, your feet still get, get pretty dirty. But that would be a custom is that you'd come into their home and they'd have a servant come and wash your feet. Now, in our culture, the equivalent would be something like if you come into our home, we might offer to take your coat if it's cold out or we might offer you a, a drink of water. It's on that level. Like, it's that normal for them to do. But, um, so in their culture, yeah, in, in their culture, a servant would do the dirty work. And if we're really honest, I think feet can be kind of gross, right? Some, some feet, all, maybe all feet, when they're, when they're in their sandals especially, um, and they're getting all dirty from walking around on the road all day. But I need to talk to you about guys, for instance. Um, so you need to know something about guys. I think that there's a part a part of us that we just, we don't pay that much attention to. So let me, I'm going to show you a picture of a person here. And this is, we can all see this is a person, right? There's a part on there that we just pay a little less attention to when it comes to showering. And it starts right about here and ends down there. And I don't know why that is. Can anybody tell me why that is? Why do we stop right here? Like, is it because I can't reach any further? I'm like, oh, that's a lot of work to reach down there. <laughs> is it because I know, like, these are my basketball shoes I got on, or my soccer shoes in this case. And these things have been on all day, and I know how bad they smell. So I'm not going near my own feet, right? And if I'm not going near my own feet, I'm definitely not going near to somebody else's stinky feet. And this is probably true in their culture too, uh, because, like I said, the host would come, and they'd, you'd come into their house and be like, I'll take care of your feet. Well, not me, but... My servant over here will take care, of, take care of your feet. So Jesus sees. They all walk in. They all walk into this room. There's nobody there to clean them. They've got dirty feet. And they have a fight about their greatness. So they come in with dirty feet and proud hearts. Dirty feet and proud hearts. And Jesus sees this. He steps up and he says, I see you. I can take care of that. I can, I can do that. I can do the dirty task. Let's keep on going. So we've got uh, verse 6 here. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Interesting. So they're all sitting around the table, right? And I imagine Peter is sitting there. And he's looking around and he's seeing Jesus go from person to person and wash their feet. And this just welling up inside of him. He's like, nope. <laughs> no. No, Jesus. Nope, that's not your. No, you can wash all their feet. You can, you can serve them. But me? Mm-mm. Nope, this isn't happening. I mean, he's just like, I don't know if he's having an anxiety attack or what, but it just seems like it is building inside of him. Not going to happen. You're not going to serve me. You are not going to clean me. Let's read verse 7 and 8. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus explains that Peter doesn't get it, but he will. And Peter says, no way. Why is he so up in arms about this? Why is he so upset about this? I think you have to understand that this is... Kind of like you're sitting down and the Queen of England comes up and says, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and wash your feet. 
or the president of the United States comes up and says, I'm going to wash your feet. It's that kind of weirdness. Like, what? <laughs> the, the, queen of, the queen of England's going to wash my feet? I don't think so. But then you take it one level further because in reality, Jesus is more than that. He's the prince of peace. He's the king of kings. He is the son of God. And he's going to wash my feet? And if we're, if we're honest here, it's a servant that washes the feet, but really in that culture, it was a slave. So Jesus is going to step into the, into the role of a slave and wash feet. So here's, what, here's something I'm trying to train myself to do. Whenever I see a need that I can meet, I'm trying to ask God, is this an assignment that you have for me? And most often, the ones that I least want to do are the ones that I feel are beneath me. So I dare you to do this with me. To ask God to give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that cares. Eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that cares. This has been my prayer lately. Because I'm asking God to change me. To change me to be more like him. And then when you do serve, sometimes this is our tendency. Let's see if I can get a good angle here. Oh, yeah, there we go. Looking great back there in the audiovisual booth. That one's actually pretty good. Maybe I'll keep that for later. <laughs> I mean, we tend to do that a little bit, right? We tend to want to post like, hey, I just served, look at me. Um, maybe instead of doing the selfie, you just set the phone down. And ask God to give you eyes to, hear, eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that cares, and just act for him. Serve for him. Let's finish up verse 8. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. I think you need to read that for what it is. This is not like a, you might be kind of with me. Like, this is no part with me. That's pretty harsh and pretty direct. Uh, Peter had to accept the service of Jesus so he could be cleaned by Jesus. You see, he had to get his pride out of the way. Some Bible commentators say he had to accept that Jesus is really who makes him clean. You see, it's our pride that gets in the way of being served by Jesus. And honestly, I think our pride gets in the way of us being served by other people as well. I think this is huge, huge in our culture now because how many of us like to admit when we need help? Right? How many of us actually like to reach out when we need help? And I know this past year, we've probably been stretched even more than, than maybe normal. We probably could have helped each other a little bit more over this past year. But in our culture, it's a little weird to be doing that. And maybe, maybe we have good intentions. Like, I don't think Peter had bad intentions. <clears throat> maybe, his, maybe his intention, or maybe your intention is, is to try not to inconvenience somebody. I don't want somebody else to be inconvenienced by, by what I need to be done. I don't, want, I don't want them to feel bad or, you know. And I definitely don't want them to think that I can't do it. So there's a little bit at work there that I think sometimes we just miss. I think Jesus, Jesus is trying to help them get it. They need each other. They need to serve each other. 
And if we let our pride get in the way of asking for help, we're missing out on actually living fully in this community. Because when you allow somebody else to serve you, you're actually being reminded of how Jesus washes your feet. Reminded of our need for Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I could use that a little bit more often. This is a story. This story here, we're, we're talking about how a leader can serve, right? Like, Jesus does this. He cares for all, for all his disciples. He walks around the table and washes all their feet. What would it look like in this culture for a boss to serve in that kind of a way? What would it look like for an owner of a business to, to serve in that kind of a way? What about a coach or a teacher? What about a parent? What about a pastor? What would it look like in this culture for them to say, I can do that. I'll take care of that. To get down and do the dirty task no one else wants to do. What would that do for the people they lead? Say, I see you. I can do that. All right, let's keep on reading here. John 13, 12. I'm going to skip down to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. So he gets up, puts his stuff on, and finds a seat and asks if they got what just happened. If he is God and does this, then we should too. See, Jesus didn't just leave it for the bosses to serve. He said for everyone to serve like he did. So now what? What needs do you see? Maybe it's as simple as, oh, that trash bag's full. I can do that. I can take care of that. See, we're called to a countercultural kind of love. You have been loved, so go and do it. We have this board over in the other room in the square, actually. It says, uh, it's a C, it says see, see a need. I had to read it there. See a need. Uh, it says a see a need, meet a need is what it says on the whole board. So you can go over there. This room's been kind of a little bit less used lately, so maybe you haven't seen it in a while. But I, I challenge you to check it out afterwards. The, the idea of the board is for us to do this as a community. So if you have a need, you take it, you post it on the wall. Write down on there what the need is, flip it over to the other side, write how they can get a hold of you. You walk over there, you can see the need, you look at it and you go, huh, I can do that. And then you just do it. You take care of it, you put it on the other side, and you meet that need. <clears throat> that's also online on our website as well, but that's a, that's a super easy way for us as a church to continue and to start um, doing this. So I was recently out and about and I was talking with somebody and I get this, I mean, this is a, a normal first question as you meet new people. They'll say, hey, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. And this is typically how the conversation goes. They go, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been looking at a lot of churches, actually. I've been to a lot of churches in the area lately. 
yeah, I just, I really haven't found one that I like or that, you know, is really my, fits what I'm looking for, what my needs are. And I think we do that sometimes. We, we get stuck in our, in our consumer America culture, and we do that here as well. What if we came into church ready to do the dirty jobs? What if we all did that? We all came to church whenever you come, Sunday or if you're here for other things during the week, or if you're in homes later in the week meeting as the church. What if we came all with that attitude? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in, see that need. I can do that. Do you come with that mindset? You understand, so what happens when you do that? When you choose to serve the need, when you choose to step in and take care of a need, you're essentially stepping in and you're doing what Jesus did. You're washing feet. And you are reminding people, because this is what I think he does, and he doesn't, he doesn't do it with his words here. He just does it with his actions. You're loved. You're wanted. You are desired. And you are worth me getting dirty to care for. That is powerful. You see, if you've chosen to follow Jesus, you are a disciple of Jesus, and you get to do that. Isn't that beautiful? You get to be a part of his mission. You're sent out into this world to change this world and to point people back to him. Now, one of the areas that, that I think about a lot is with kids, and um, some of us have kids in this room, and if you don't have any kids right now, that's okay, because there's a lot of kids right around you, Okay. I'm sure you can find one within about 20 feet. Looks like there's quite a few of them in here. So if you want your kids to serve Jesus passionately, then a couple things I think need to happen. I'm going to just say two today. One, I think they need to see you doing that. They need to see you serving Jesus passionately. So we got to model it. And the second thing is I think that you need to help them find an area that they can serve in here, at church or in our community. They need to know you want them to. So model it, and they need to know you want them to. Now, one way I've seen this played out is we have families serving together here at Bridgeway in a bunch of different areas. If you watch our worship team, there's actually a number of people on our worship team that serve together. Don't worry. If you, if you don't believe me, you can ask them. You can catch up with them later. They don't bite. They're nice people. If you spend any time around here, please go and say hi to our worship team. They'd be more than happy to talk to you. And you'll get to see that their family is serving together. There's people at the front door greeting. We're at, right outside these doors that their whole family serves together. We've got people serving in J-Seekers and student ministries. We have people that just stepped up into our audiovisual team as a family to serve together. I think that's awesome. Now, I want to take it outside of our church for a second to show you the ways, to, to remind you of some ways and to give you some ideas because our church has been doing things. You have been doing things in the community. Just recently, we had a group of women gather together, make 50 blessing bags for a local elderly home and for some of our senior saints in our church. We have another team working right now to fix a refugee home. I can do that. We have some who are mentors to elementary-aged kids. They're saying, I can do that. 
others who are meeting with and caring for those struggling in the middle of divorce and separation. I can do that. We've had a few step up, like we've said. We just recently have asked for volunteers in several different areas. They've stepped up in J-Seekers on the greeter team and the audio-visual team saying, I can do that. There's a team meeting right now planning a day coming up on May 15th where the whole church is invited to together step into our community and to say, I can do that and to meet some needs. That's going to be on May 15th. That's coming up. And as I finish up here, if I can have the, the band start making their way up here. Because I've got an idea. I don't want us to wait till May 15th to start washing feet. What if this week, as a way to honor Jesus' service and to say, to say back to him, I get it. I see what you're doing, God. I love you. To show him honor, to honor his service that he did for us, we choose to serve others. So here's the challenge. We've got random acts of kindness. What if we did this as a church in our community this week? A little bit different for thinking of the Easter week, but what if we stepped into our community and said, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I want to point you back to him. And you know the way I'm going to do it is with these random acts of kindness. So Monday, we've got make a meal Monday. So you make or pay uh, for someone else's meal. Thankful Tuesday, you write a thank you note to someone. Wake up Wednesday, buy someone a cup of coffee. That one might be actually for every day. Maybe we all need that. Treat Thursday, that's my favorite one. Surprise someone with a tasty treat. And I know some of you are like, Mike, I don't like to be contained to these ideas. Well, don't worry. We gave you Freestyle Friday, okay? Bless someone in your own way. So this is, I, I don't expect you to all remember this. This is on our website. If you go right to where the video is to watch it, um, this will be on there. It just says Acts of Kindness. You can click it. I'll post it this week as well for you to check out. But I just think it would be awesome for us to step into our community to do this this week. And then when somebody asks you, they say, hey, Mike, why did you do that? Why did you buy me a meal today? Don't shy away from that moment. That's your moment. That's your moment to remind them the why. And it's a huge moment. To say something like, I've been served by Jesus. And even more. So I wanted to serve back. Don't miss that opportunity to give Jesus the glory because that's why we're doing it. I serve because I've been served. And I was corrected this in the last service. There's a song that came out a while back. It says, be a Jesus freak. It's DC talk, right? Okay, thank you. We can still do that. Be a Jesus freak. Be weird for Jesus. Let's finish up with verse 15. It says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He set the example. This is how we are different. How we make a change around us. Simply to say, I see you. I can do that. I see you and I can do that. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for just being, being here with us today. You are a God that cares so deeply about us, so much that you are willing to demonstrate your love in humble acts, like washing the disciples' feet. Thanks 
Thank you so much for letting us be a part of what you are doing here. You are acting in our communities. Thank you that we get to be a part of that. God, I, I pray and just ask that you'd help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that cares. Give us eyes to see these needs around us. Give us your ears, God, to hear the needs. And God, give us your heart for, the, for these needs, our caring heart. Help us to take courage and to serve like you have served us. To say, yes, I'll take care of that. I see you. I can do that. God, we thank you that you first did that for us. We thank you as we think about this week. We give you this day. We give you this week. God, be with us as we go. And as we sing praise to you now. In your name we pray. Amen. This podcast is a service of Bridgeway Community Church in Rockford, Michigan. Visit bridgewaycommunity.org for more information and other messages.